finds Draymond Green. Green to the basket, kicks it out of Godala. Thompson for three. Bang! Clay Thompson from downtown. It's a six-point lead. Timeout Rockets. A stunned Toyota Center crowd has watched a seven-point fourth-quarter lead turn into a six-point deficit. Yo, 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 guys, what is up? And welcome back to another episode of the Game 6 Clay Podcast. It's your boy, Gotham. Join my, my boys, Matt and Chuck. What's up, brothers? Welcome back. Another off-season episode. Uh, been a minute since the last one. Um, you know, uh, obviously the off-season a little slow. Uh, just got some Warriors slander on Twitter. Um, you've got um, trade rumors, uh, some former players that are just, you know, taking over the uh, the madness. But before we get into everything that's been going on, um, how are we, how we doing, boys? Welcome back. We're good. We're good. You know, I've been uh, deep in this uh, deep in this Nelly project, which has been a ton of fun. But, you know, besides that, just enjoying the good weather out here, uh, getting outdoors when I can. You know, it's good been yeah, guys, for everybody really listening, cool. things, we're going to shout this out at the end of the episode, but Charlie has been working on this Nelly Ball um, five, six-part series. Part one is 10,000 words, and uh, it's amazing. We were talking about it before we uh, we started recording. Um, I'm juiced for it. I know it's going to be my shout-out at the end, but, um, but yeah, quick early shout-out for that. Matt, how are we living? Good, man. I'm a little worried about uh, our guy, Don Nelson. Uh, just keep your eyes out for, uh, you know, a good looking white man from Denver, man. He's gonna be uh he's gonna be at your door pretty soon. Talking <laughs> <laughs> Nelly, just chopping it up in the in the mean streets of Hawaii and just kind of you know, having having some time with some herb, you know? I think Nelly's, Dude, yeah, Nelly's got a nice farm. I'll split a J with him and talk there about it. There you go. Yeah, you'd be, <laughs> you'd be a fool break down the offense. But uh, boys, before as as I said, as as we kind of intro this pod, so offseason has been uh, it's been a lot of stuff. I want to remind everyone that the Warriors won the championship this season. Um, It was only like a couple months ago. Um, I feel like in the uh, in the social media sphere and maybe even like TV media, I've not been paying attention to that as much. But it just feels like everybody's kind of just dogging on the champs, Um, just a little bit, slight here, little little jabs here and there. Uh, but that's 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 another matter. That's some Twitter stuff. Um, the things that I really want to get into, man, is one of our former guys, um, beloved or not, um, for me is I know for we all got an appreciation for this guy, but Kevin Durant, man, uh, this guy has taken over um, the NBA offseason just circus, and it started back like with, within like a week after the season ended with that trade request, that whole KD Kyrie saga. Katie to the Warriors. I feel like we broke that some uh, we broke that thing down like four different times. Um <laughs> obviously didn't didn't get enough of it because uh as of yesterday, Katie requested a trade um with Sean Marks and Steve Nash being the ones getting booted. Um and then Joe Stein comes out and is like, Yeah, no, I I'm back in my my coaching staff in front office. Um so just just talk about KD, but what what are your thoughts? But like, we got a lot of stuff we could talk about with KD the Warriors and uh or with the Warriors time, but as of right now, what what did you guys thoughts on this whole this whole KD saga as we've been seeing this offseason? Dude, that I think that was the craziest part, as you said to me, is Joe Sai being the one to step in. That's amazing. I mean, yeah, dude, just to say like we're gonna back our guys and you know, it's sort of interesting where we go through, like, I think, you know, on the whole outside of this situation, it's kind of the first time we've seen owners really putting their foot down um, on, you know, what we call like player empowerment, which is like the freedom of movement. But, you know, that has to be within reason. And KD, he not only did he handpick the coach, uh, he also wanted Kyrie there. So that was two decisions that Sean Marks was essentially forced into making. And you're not going to say no to Kyrie and KD wanting to come to your team. And then on top of that, uh, he signs this massive extension that's hasn't even kicked in yet. Uh, and now he wants to force his way out immediately because he didn't like that the team he practically constructed himself isn't working out. It's just... Like, it's so backwards, dude. And I think that's where you have to look at this and be like, hey, man, you know, like, we might still trade you just because you've clearly shown that you, like, don't respect what we're doing here. Um, But we're not going to do it because you asked. 
uh, we're going to do it because we want to. Uh, so I think that's that's sort of the interesting dynamic here is Katie might get what he wants, but not uh, not because the owners are sort of ba- like not because Joe Sai is going to bow and be like, yeah, sure, whatever, man. He's going to be like, you screwed us all over. So get the hell out of here and uh, take your flat earth friend with you. <laughs> it's an absolute heat truck. Uh I just can't believe where this is this is at. I mean there are so many things that people said when Katie left to join Kyrie that were probably that seemed that seemed hyperbolic at the time. That seemed like, you know, he's tying his his uh his rope to the wrong wagon, right? He's uh he's making a horrible decision leaving Steph for Kyrie, which we always knew that was right, right? But just because in, in a basketball vacuum, right? Steph is just Steph and Kyrie is Kyrie, right? We know which guy is the guy there. But for all the people who thought this is going to go insanely wrong because Kyrie is an absolute head case, what an absolute testament to your foresight, guys. Nice fucking job. I can't believe it. It's insane. I just don't know. I can't think of a scenario like this in sports. And what's the end goal if you're Kevin Durant right now? Yeah, that's, what, do that's you, what do you actually want? And, you know, we're talking about a guy who, you know, reportedly has been pretty, like, image conscious in some ways. I don't know if there's really a scenario where he wins wins. There's no there's no double win scenario here where he goes where he wants and wins and is remembered as a winner. I think the only place where he can go and, geez, win a title could probably be Phoenix, but Phoenix is off the table now. That's not a trade that uh, the Nets need to make. I don't think he goes anywhere. If he goes to Boston, um, and I have my own thought, I don't think it's a good idea for Boston personally, but um, what is the, how is Katie remembered as a, as a winner in Boston next to Jason Tatum at 34, 35 years old? I just don't know what happens here where we end up thinking more highly of Katie in 20 years than we're on track to end up thinking about him. Yeah, no, that that's kind of my biggest my biggest like just question mark about this whole thing because like you said, like what's your end goal? Um, like Chuck, you broke that down perfectly. KD hired the coach. He he went to get he went to Brooklyn with Kyrie. Chose you know the guard that he wanted to play with. Um, they for they hired Steve Nash. They fired Kenny Atkinson, who was a great coach. Led that young team. Broke that up. Um, obviously with the D'Lo trade to the Warriors and or the signing trade or whatever. So you. And when they made the move, obviously, like, it seemed like, all right, like, I, I see what you're doing. Like, Warriors obviously got got some rebuilding to do. I don't want to be part of a rebuild. And then, you know, you, so at that time, it was like, all right, like, okay, now, now let's see what you can do. Like, now it was really the, not necessarily race, but I think the last three years or two and a half years, whatever, that the, the Nets were healthy. They were always the favorite to either make the finals or win a championship, at least the last two years with the Lakers. And, um, just to see how just flat it fell. I think it's fucking hilarious, man. Like, how <laughs> how do you go from from the situation you were in? KD was given the, all the credit in terms of the the reason why the Warriors won two back to back rings. Like, we still see it today where you know, KD carried the Warriors, which is obviously not true. Um, he made them unbeatable, and I think that's that's something we can get into as we kind of talk about KD with the Warriors. But regardless of that, from from the status where he was at, where you know best player in the league, to now where. You're questioning what what this guy is uh, like. What is he trying to do? Is he a winner? I like. I don't think you can like you said, Matt. Where does he rank as a winner now, or how does this play out for him? I think mean, kudos to Joe Sai. I think with the whole player empowerment thing, um, it was it's amazing. I I, I want to come out and like it's it's. I'm I'm for players to like have that that power to do that. But like you said, Chuck, for the owners also, it's 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 kind of a, a you know a tug of war between the the players and the owners, and that's how it should be. And Joe Sai, exactly what he did, like bro, he put his foot down. Like yo. We're, you guys aren't the ones running the team. I own this team. Um, we're not going to let you push me around. And I think for the Nets, they have all the cards. Like they have, like you said, for first year of his extension, he's got a four-year deal. He's 34. Like for KD, you kind of pigeonholed yourself into such a bad hole that like there's nothing you can do. Like contractually, you can't leave. It's the only way is going to get traded. And what are you going to do? Sit out for four years? Like go for it, dude. Like, like if that's the case, and for the Nets, like they they have a good team with KD joining the Mac. Like it's, it's not like they need to make a move. They have good pieces there. Um, I think Ben Simmons, Kyrie, obviously resigning, um, Joe Harris come back. They got a they got a decent team to contend in the East. So like for KD, it's like I don't I don't understand it. And um, 
Yeah, it's just weird, man. Like just to, the 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 concept. There's the nothing concept, like it, man. I'm mean, yeah, like I can't remember even like kudos to LeBron. Like you, you never saw stuff like this where you've seen a little bit now with uh, Genie and Palenko versus you know Clutch or whatever. But for the most part, when LeBron kind of went to do his own thing or like create a team, he was able to at least you know ride it out with a four year time. KD, there's been whatever three years and two of them have been injured or like in and out no deep playoff or the deepest they went was through the second round. Like you got nothing to show for the, just the massive um, hype that you had coming in. And um, it, it's it, like, it's, it's hilarious. It's sadly hilarious. Like you, you want to see a guy like KD succeed, but you know, <laughs> the way he's, the way he's been going about it. But just, here's the thing though. It's like, do you, do you want to see KD succeed at this point? Like, are you, is anybody rooting for KD now? Like I, I'm not rooting for KD to get anything at this point. I'm not like against him. I'm not like hoping like, I'm not in, like a go fuck yourself KD mindset, but I'm also like, you know, there's a certain point when you, like you said uh, earlier that that Joe Side essentially signaled that he's not going to let KD push them around. The thing is, they did that before. That was their previous thing. They did let them dictate everything, right? They did get pushed around the first time. They got Nash. And they failed coach. They, they got Kyrie Irving, whom from the day it happened, uh, or the day he signed in Brooklyn, he's been a pain in their ass for various reasons, right? And some of them, you know, more justified than others, I'm sure. But, like, you know, not getting vaccinated during a pandemic and missing half the season, Right. Um, whatever it might be, it's like, it, the guy has been a pain. Um, I don't know if the KD is a guy at this point where he's going to be beloved as a player anywhere. I think he's going to be remembered as a talent, but like, is he, he he's not going to have like a player home anywhere or fandom home anywhere. It feels like at this point, I don't know if he has one in golden state and you know, you kind of talk about how it's funny. Right. And it is, it is funny how this worked out because Again, two titles, fan. It's awesome. Like you, winning two titles ever as a fan and as an organization and as a team, it just doesn't happen, right? If Giannis gets two titles, it'll be insane. That's how hard it is to win a title. Okay, that guy is not going to be remembered. Looking back, we're not going to look back at those KD Warriors anymore as like a holy shit, what a special time. It's going to be more of a testament to Steph Curry, I think, in in ten or fifteen years than anything else because of the, of the toxicity KD has kind of just, you know, exuded in every scenario, including golden state where he showed his ass on the way out. That's one of the problems I have with this stuff is that he was not, uh, he did not make a graceful exit. Okay. Um, and he was, he was good to his teammates as far as we know, but as far as, you know, Kerr goes and the fans go and, you know, uh, refuting, pardon me, you know, certain reports, which have kind of been since, since, uh, since then proven to be true, I don't know. I don't know where this goes for KD if at all for his career. I just can't say it enough. It's a, it's a totally unprecedented, crazy scenario. I don't know, Chuck. Where where are you at, man? Yeah, on the note too of him, like you said, him just making a very ungraceful exit. Uh, I will always laugh at the fact that he made uh, he made Brooklyn give the Warriors a first round pick um, that would uh, not convey at all. And basically just turn into a second round pick that will also never convey. Uh, and he did that because he didn't want the public image that he was being traded as equal value to D'Angelo Russell. Like the dude just like he started like that. He started off on his wrong this photo, like because that that actually had implications for the Nets, like as small as they were. You know, it's like they couldn't trade that pick going forward. Um so yeah, like starting off on such a bad foot with the Nets, like I, I see what you say, Matt, because I don't think he's ever going to truly have that home. Like there's some people in Oklahoma City who have forgiven him, but I don't think to the level to which he'll be remembered as like a franchise icon because he just at this point he's been not an OKC longer than he was in OKC. I'm pretty sure. I think it was seven years in OKC. I mean, this was his fourth year or third year in Brooklyn. So it's either equal time to having been in OKC. Funnily, funnily enough, like I think the way the place is going to be the most fondly remembered is Golden State. Um, and not just from a fan standpoint. I mean, I mean, not just from a basketball standpoint, just because they won, but even from a fan standpoint, because as what you could like, whatever you could say, like the OKC fans, they would, they were never going to get over. They're never going to get over Durant leaving. And then with the way this Nets thing is playing out, I don't see why a Nets fan would be like, he he's like I, in terms of the haul they might get, like yes, they're they're not going to be as like backwards for KD, whatever this ends up being. But it's like, 
Dude, we we had a like you can say whatever you want about that Kenny Atkinson young team. They were a fun young team. You know, who knows what could have been like if they as they kind of developed and grew and, um, you know, meshed together going on. So I really think and for KD, I, Matt, I, I hear you when you say like, you know, it, it kind of was a, a un, unceremonious exit from Golden State. But for me, like the man, the man blew out his Achilles in game five of the finals 100%. too. So mm-hmm. I as a personally and like I feel like a lot of fans too, like when they look back on the KD years, it's it's with like you know like all right we won two rings two out of the could out of three peat injuries got us and you know I think that it, it's it ran its course so that's that's the way I look at those KD Warriors but I I agree when we look back at Kevin Durant's um you know legacy or whatever it is 15, 20 years from now those two titles are now going to be because of like it's not and it's weird because KD going to Brooklyn he was the guy that kind of elevated them to that, you know, those two back-to-back finals or whatever. Um, people still, like, you try to bring that up. And obviously the Warriors winning just the first year that they've been back and KD going through this entire thing. I think, yeah, the, the way it's going to be remembered is, like, wow, like this team was amazing, but this core of whatever, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Steve Kerr, they, or Andre Goodall as well, uh, they, they just needed a competent small forward to compete. Um, and then when they got Kevin fucking Durant, they were unbeatable. Like they were the, they ran the NBA. So um, again, yeah, I, I, I just don't know, man. It's, it's a weird, and I don't know how this plays out. I, I, I genuinely think this plays out with KD as a net going into training camp because um, no team is going to, no team is going to want to gut everything, especially now with the ownership coming out, like in saying that we're back in the coaches, the KD's price, like KD's value is going down as, as long as he's been on the market. So like I don't I don't know what I don't know how this plays out. I want to say too, like on the note where just talking about those Warriors teams too, as much nastiness as there was around it. Um my God, dude, for the three years he was there. The it best was, basketball. It was just absurd. Like the way that they were able to gel together. Um, not only the offense, which was just beautiful, but the way that like Draymond enabled uh KD to sort of be unlocked as like this weak side rim protector as like a much more active defender. Um, he was just, he was so, he was such an incredible like shot maker when they needed him to be. And he could just fade out and be like a connecting guy, keeping the ball moving, like driving and kicking when they needed him to. That was just perfect basketball, man. Like, is it, is it crazy in hindsight that that team actually won two titles just given the, the, outlook of what's happening in Brooklyn now should we look back at that and be more impressed just given like I, I don't know I, how to look at this like is it is I it, think is that they knew the second they put pen to paper they're like this is like I think they all sort of had to brace for what was going to be a clash of personalities you know like KD and Draymond are probably both self-aware enough to figure out that they probably wouldn't get along self-aware is, a, is a, doing a lot of heavy lifting Chuck for our guy <laughs> Kevin Durant right now man Oh, I'm saying, I'm saying, KD's the smart enough guy to know that, like, if but he there, there, with Draymond, he's yeah. probably gonna beef with him. Yeah, got uh, you. But there are so many other, like, there's so. It's like it wasn't like KD and another star. It was KD and three other stars plus his head coach and like coming into the system. So I think for KD coming in, that he knew what he was buying himself into, and like as as much as I'd want to go back and say, yeah, it was way more impressive that they, you know, one two out of three, whatever. These dudes, if they were healthy, they were gonna three peat. Like that, that was so. That was the dominant. Like the, the best chance they had was against uh, that 2018 Rockets team in the conference finals. In my opinion, was probably the best chance to beat that team. And uh, you know that series would have been over in five if Andre Iguodala didn't get hurt. I don't want to hear any of that. Chris Paul got hurt, whatever. If they win that game four at home, that that thing is over. Um, so it was a it was a great great run of basketball some like you said Chuck, the, some of the best you will ever see i think you woke or like you saw you would go in a game just to watch like you knew it was like how much would they win by like they just had so many weapons um and it's a testament to all those guys i mean kevin durant included like just to buy into that for how many years it was but you know looking back on it i think that's the one thing that we probably should have realized earlier that this was only going to be a short-lived thing because you know, we, we, you know, as we're seeing, like, it's hard to, it's hard to, A, have multiple, a couple stars on a team to, to win a championship and B, it's hard to win a championship. So for those guys to do it for three years and um, give it their, give it their best shot at a three-peat, I, I don't think it could have played out better. That first year uh, after, that might be like maybe the single greatest team 
all like, the time. I mean, they had this is right after the seventy three win season. They went sixty seven games. Their net rating is eleven point six, which is higher than it was the year before. It's insane. Like it was ten point seven in the year they won seventy three games, and then they cruised through the playoffs, fifteen straight victories to start. Cleveland has to make what, like twenty five threes in that game four. In that game three, yeah, game, game four, yeah. Uh, and like that, that's like that's what, and I think that's what the legacy that team deserves because it, like, it was the greatest team ever assembled. Um, just the way it worked out and they have the rings, they had the hardware to prove it. Um, so I think, but like you said, I think when you look at KD's kind of impact on that, like, yes, he, he was obviously a crucial reason why they would be unbeatable, but that team was crazy. That team was a championship contender. I saw, I think I saw people throwing out, it was like Gordon Hayward or, um, a competent small forward. Okay. Like that, that team is still a championship contender. Are they going to win it all three years? Do they still have four rings at today? Maybe not. Maybe they got two or three, whatever that case is. But they definitely have more than just one uh, in that whatever stretch, that 2015 to 18-19 stretch. So um, KD made them unbeatable, and I think that's how you got to look at it. Like the, the guy obviously is an all-time talent, like you said, Matt. But is he? Is he like he's not going to be in the same in the same uh, same kind of tier as Steph Curry when this is all said and done? In my opinion. Yeah, I mean, even when I was saying what I was saying about Steph, kind of being remembered more fondly, I think it's just more so because we didn't hear we didn't hear about a ton of drama until year three. There were little inklings in year two of that experiment, but year three was the year we started hearing a bunch of shit. And the fact that we didn't hear it until then, I don't know, man. It's a special organization, Steph's special dude. I don't think that happens in most places. Um, and the fact that things are going as crazy as they are in Brooklyn, I'm more so I'm talking Steph as a player, I think is, you know, we all we are on the same page here, you know, top five, top ten, whatever you want to do, right? Um I just mean more so the lack, just the cohesion that was even there in the first place is impressive and the lack of drama in the first place, I think. But you guys are totally right because that team was, again, would have been the greatest failure in, in basketball of, ever if that team didn't pull off a couple titles. Uh, it's a crazy stat. The Warriors won 140 and 24, okay, in 16 <laughs> and 17. You want to know when else they went 140 and 24? 15 and 16, Okay. <laughs> No, KD. Just saying. Okay, so um, other thoughts before we take a break, guys, on uh, on our time with or on this this crazy time with KD. Uh man. I mean, I I just you have you have. Where do you guys think? Like, what do you guys think is the when training camp begins? Where where what does this resolve? Uh, what what's the what's the end? Because I really don't know what the end game is. Like it it really could be. Just dragged on for a while. I I get the feeling that uh, I get the feeling that one of them is going to be off the team, and it might be Kyrie first because I think they're just more at risk of losing him. I think he's only got one year left on his contract. Yeah. Um, but KD, they can play the waiting game as long as they want, and they can say, "Hey, man, look, figure it out." Like you pick this guy. We've got a great roster. Uh, or maybe they even just hold on. I mean, I could easily see them holding on to both and trying to weather the storm with all the talent that they have because, you know, if Ben Simmons decides to pick up a basketball again. Um, you know, they've added TJ Warren, like, you know, Patty Mills, Joe Harris. They got a squad. They could win, they could compete in the East with, uh, you know, KD and Kyrie there. So all, all off-court yeah. stuff aside, like, as Josiah said, like they're going to make a decision for the the best of the Nets, and I that might be the best decision for them to just tell Katie to suck it up and and check out, man. Because I like Bob, Matt, you I know you brought a boss, and like you didn't want him to do it. Like I I agree, but do you think that they after making the NBA Finals this last year, do you think they just blow it all up for for a thirty four year old KD? I kind of—I don't think they blow it up. I think I think Katie does end up in Boston, though, is my guess. Um, Katie in Boston. I think, you know, when push comes to shove, I don't know if there's a better player than Jalen Brown available um, in the middle of mid twenties. I gotta pause real quick though, because just remembering that Ben Simmons is on that team, and <laughs> you know, just the personality aspect of that guy, Kyrie and Katie, all in one in one, you know, full season of locker room madness would be just. 
don't know. He's not in the be... group chat anymore. Apparently, he got kicked out. He left the group chat because they asked him to play in Game Five. The funniest uh, that, stuff. Guess... Rick Buecher. I know. Sadly, I know. It was going to happen. Sounds like. That's sounds like we asked Gotham right to record there. on a Friday night, man. Gotham. We do Friday. <laughs> Gotham's like, I'm out. Can't do it. I'll um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah man I, I don't know and that's a crazy locker room that's insane to imagine those guys ever gelling to the point of can you I, I i honestly can't think of a crazier thing than a team with Kyrie irving ben simmons and kevin durant <laughs> winning a title i'm sorry i just can't like yeah. that just sounds um mind the story's yeah. made the story's made for next year this do is you be- do you even like I, I can't imagine brooklyn feeling talking themselves into that at i would go to the shittiest bar in brooklyn and I would just have to get shit faced with me, Josiah, Steve Nash. If I'm Bobby Mar- or Sean Marks, it would have to be just like I'm just sleeping at the bar, and then at the end of the night, before I put my head in the on the actual bar, I'm we're agreeing this is going to work out, kind of thing. Um, yeah. But anyway, sorry, sidetrack. Right? Yeah, I think Boston is a team that makes sense, and I think poetically, we've had a poetic season last season. I know this is a silly way to look at it, but the Warriors getting back on top—that's um, huge. Boston acquiring the guy who left Golden State. Uh, after two titles, looks just seems like it might happen. Um, Golden State winning that series, it just consecrates I think, I, we do need it. We do need a KD versus Warriors in the finals. Oh, we need I it. That would be that would <laughs> be amazing. It, I would that love be it. a cherry oh, on top, God. just sending them over for one final time. But um, also, I mean, it's just you know, KD is better than Brown. And if it's just if it's Brown and picks, you do it. If it's Brown and White and picks, I think you. I don't know if I do it. I think Boston does it. To be clear. Um, I don't know if I trade for that. Again, Kitty's all time great, 34, 20 Achilles, plethora of injuries last few years. Uh, you know, obviously difficult uh as a as a member of your organization. So I don't know if I'm doing that, but I think Boston, from the sounds of it, sounds like they're still interested. And uh, you know, that that does put them if Katie's healthy, you know, top of the east, I think so. No, definitely. I mean, I think we've covered the Brooklyn Nets uh more than enough here on this Game She's Clay podcast. Um, but uh, before we go to anchor, I'm gonna preview what's coming up. Um, like we talked about last uh, last pod, this next offseason, guys. Um, as we jump into Warriors things, um, this next offseason, and Draymond Green wants a max extension. Um, so on that note, Matt, take us away with another anchor shout out, and uh, let's uh, let's let's keep the show rolling. Yo, 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 guys, what is up? And welcome back to this Game Series Clay podcast episode. Uh, for us, it felt like a really long break. Uh, it, was a, it was a nice 10, 10, 15 minutes in between. Uh, but you guys probably listened to this right after that anchor. Uh, shout out, shout out, Matt. Good stuff again, brother. You killed that. Um, and like, as always, um, anchor, shoot us the Venmos, man. Please, please. Uh, <laughs> but as we kind of, as we kind of segued at the end, uh, before the break there, uh, we wanted to go back to our guys, our team. Because uh, we got some not problems per se, but you know stuff on the horizon that could mount the problems, and uh, that is the infamous luxury tax bill um, or whatever tax thing that the Warriors have obviously taken, kind of not game the system, but playing playing the game um, of of paying uh, with these checkbook wins. Um, Brian Whitehorse, uh, but Draymond Green is the first guy um, that's kind of up in this uh in this saga of this next year of how all the money plays out um draymond came out i don't know if it was a week ago two weeks ago but um saying that he wants a max contract and if he doesn't get what he feels is his value he is open to looking at other possibilities which for people that didn't understand that for like the two of you um that means that draymond green is willing to go to another team to get what he thinks he deserves uh, gentlemen, Matt, Charlie, um, for the last, was it, 10 years now, um, Draymond Green has been a warrior. He's been there for four championships, six finals. Um, that bubble, or 2020 season, which is, Draymond was there in, in, in spirit, or in person, but not in spirit. Um, but Draymond is the first domino to kind of kind of go through on this um, kind of daunting max or new contracts that the Warriors have with Wiggins, Poole, Clay coming up um so I, like i'm gonna just start it off with this the yes or no man does this day is does draymond deserve a max on the warriors uh pay the man is my opinion i think like we said with this team you know the entire core revolves around those three being together and even if draymond's max makes the luxury bill disgustingly large we all know they can afford it 
Uh, we all know that they can keep finding ways uh, to duck underneath it. Um, I think the thing that's certainly coming is Clay taking a pay cut, and that might help them actually duck under the luxury tax at one point and sort of start resetting all those penalties. But I just think you have to keep them together. Um, especially when you look towards the future, like clay has one more year uh, after this season, fully expecting to get some sort of extension on top of that, probably two, three years um, to make it line up with Steph's uh, Steph currently having the four more and Draymond uh, looking at potentially another three, four year contract on top of this. So I think the question is, do the war, are the Warriors willing to pay this to lock in the fact like, all right, we know we're going to bring clay back. If we get Draymond, do we want to lock our, lock this core in until they retire? Because that's essentially what this contract would be. Uh, at the end of it, they would all be in the 36, 37 year old range. It would be, it would be their time more or less. And I think this, this trio is probably going to go out together in some fashion so I think if so Chuck, Chuck, am I am I hearing you saying that they pay everyone, or is this is this a this kind of a little montage of goodbye Jordan Poole or Andrew Wiggins? Um, that- I don't mean pay everyone, and I think I think what they have to look at is uh, can they can they keep this team together like in the interim? Uh, can they make one more run out of it with Andrew Wiggins? And then find some other way to get compensated for him leaving. Um, whether that's, you know, sign and trade, maybe they make some sort of deal at the deadline, or maybe they just sort of play it out and see what they can do. But I think we've touched on this before, even though they are not the players they used to be, when you just put a competent three between these guys, like they are there's really no limit to what they can do. And I think the fact that you throw in that they have all this good young depth, like this is a team that's still just as ready to win as ever. And I think they'll be equally set up to succeed if a Wiggins goes out the door. It, they could conceivably still afford Jordan Poole uh, with Wiggins off the books. Um, but I think I think you just have to do everything you can to like scrape this together for as many years as possible. And if you go into this with Wiggins and Draymond as like lame duck players on the last year of their deal. It looks pretty ugly. So I think you have to clearly commit to Draymond right now. Yeah. I actually have kind of shifted in this since uh, our last pod. I think um, I'm pretty sure we discussed this last time where we kind of discussed if it comes down to it, who's, who's the odd man out the words got to let somebody go. And I, I said Draymond, or at least I thought that previously, um, out of Wiggins, Poole, and Draymond. Um, I have since... Oh, sorry, I lost you guys. I have since... Uh, I think it's got to be Wiggins now, if that's kind of the, the choice you have to make. But I do think, again, Chuck, I think you got to hit it on the head, man. I'm not going to add too much to that because he's just too important to what the Warriors do. And if we talk about aging, if we talk about whatever else it might be, he's going to be... Um, they're at a point now, depth-wise, where Draymond doesn't have to play... 60 more than 65 games a year and i think that'll help him stay fresh um he's taken his body more seriously the last couple of years which is you know important uh, obviously the back injury is scary but uh like you said you mentioned just the the elephant in the room in the locker room i should say in this case which would be tough to have an angry dream on green there um important to note he's got two years left on his deal so he's still not a he's not a free agent next summer but the following it's, well, it's a player option on that after second. next year yeah, after this coming season. So, do you? I don't know. I don't know if you max him because I don't know. I think you give give him a good deal. I don't know who else is paying in the max. I don't know if that's just horrible. And I, again, I think all these guys are going to be paid. I think Draymond deserves the max. But if you're looking at uh, Warriors business, I don't know. Can you get Draymond for 25 million a year extension for the following two or three years? You know, after his next deal, and can anybody else pay him that much? And if not, I think you get him where you can. Um, I think he deserves the max. I think if you got to choose, I've changed my mind. This, like I said, if you got to choose between um, him and those two guys, I think Draymond's got to stay. And I think Poole has to stay, and I'll explain on that in a sec. But um, 
it's hard. It's a hard decision to make because, or sorry, it's not a hard decision to make, but it's a hard scenario to be in because the guy is, like you said, you know, in that same report about him wanting uh, a max extension, it's it's brought up that Steph expects Clay and Draymond to be around while he's in Golden State. Mm-hmm. And there's also, there's, you know, a kind of flip-flop to this where if they do extend Draymond and Steph is still, and we, we think we all think Steph can be a really good player for the next four years of his contract. If Draymond's on the, on his contract with Golden State or his extension, you know, after Steph's contract is up, just saying, even if there's a very slim chance Steph leaves, having Draymond on the roster still is almost just a guarantee that Steph does not leave, right? And that's way down the line, um, and it's not super important. On the note of just making that choice, he's just not expendable. He's not expendable to this team because no one else does what he does defensively, not on this team, but in basketball, right? The guy can take you know, three to four good defenders and turn the team into, you know, what we saw at the beginning of the season, which was an all-time great defense. Um, Wiggins, on the other hand, is great. I hope they pay everybody, to be clear. I want Wiggins to stay. I want Poole to stay. Um, but you got to remember, you got a guy, Jonathan Kaminga, waiting around to get his time. A guy who showed uh, some ability to do a lot of what Wiggins does. Not all of it, but uh, you got to hope with reps and time this year that he can do a lot of those things. So, I think Wiggins has kind of become the most replaceable guy, funny enough. Um, and so if that's the decision you have to make, that's what I think has to has to go. Uh, Chuck, you brought up getting under the luxury tax. I, can't, I don't think it's possible, man. I don't think this team has any chance of being under the luxury tax over the next. If they're going to keep any, even two out of those three guys, I should say, and pay Kaminga in two years um, and keep Wiseman, which all indications say they will, which, you know, we have our thoughts on that, which we've expressed before, uh, over Jordan Poole. Uh, I just don't know if that's going to happen. So I don't know if that's a consideration they can even make, but yeah, I think it's, you got to pay Draymond. Yeah. I'm, I'm on, like, I, I totally agree. I think Draymond hundred percent deserves a max uh, from the Warriors. Like, but you know, I think he's, he's been taking pay cuts to um, maybe not pay cuts per se, but like he's been uh, taking a little less than he could have um, to keep some of these teams together. Um, I, I think he, Makes like twenty seven right now, twenty seven or twenty eight, um, and I think what what's his max like thirty five or whatever, forty whatever. So I think I, I don't think, I think it's like four for one twenty, four for one twenty. All right, yeah. So I don't I don't know how much. Like yeah, like does he deserve the max? As the question, yes, I think he does. But I just I just think, and the more I the more I kind of think about it, I agree with you guys. I think Wiggins is sadly going to be the guy that's kind of the outside looking in when, when contracts come up, if they need to make a cut. Um, but I, I agree. I think Jordan Poole is kind of the, the caveat with that, where you need to find a way to keep him. Um, he's the, he's going to be a star. He already, I think this next season is going to be a jump for Jordan Poole. Um, I think his restricted free agency, I think you got to get that done. Um, you know, his contract situated before he gets restricted free agency, because I just don't think you can afford to let him get priced out. Um, next off season. Um, so with that being said, yeah, I think Draymond does um, sign an extension with the Warriors. And I, <laughs> I think Steph Curry and Clay Thompson play a big role in making that happen. Um, I do think Clay also does take a pay cut. Um, just hearing him talk about how the front office kind of um, took care of him when he obviously went out with, with injuries and, and still went and still got the max. I think that Clay would be the type of guy to, you know, kind of realize that, you know, I think that, to take a pay cut. Um, he's making whatever 43. If you get clay at like a 25 ish, um, that's huge. Uh, whatever his deals up. So, uh, but I'm with you, Matt. I, I really, th- I really hope that they find a way to pay all these guys. I think Wiggins deserves to, you know, be a part of this, um, you know, warriors 2.0 dynasty, whatever that that's kind of happening right now. Um, I think Wiggins is, is, uh, what he, what he proved in the, in the playoffs and in the finals, um, you're, I know you got Kuminga in the wings, and you can obviously this team is going to be competitive with a start uh, with a caliber uh, or a competent starting caliber small forward. But um, like just a Wiggins on this roster just feels right, um, which is why like I think when you look at Joe Lacob and, and the ownership, I know they're talking about not um, going deeper into the luxury tax or whatever it is. In my head, the my and I can't like, you can't even say that as like a, you know, as a business person where you're like, yo, just, just pay the money that you can. But 
I, I genuinely think that this might be it might be an investment that's worth it where you're you're dropping 400, 500 mil, whatever it is. If you can keep these guys because you're going to keep and if, if his criteria is to just keep winning, the best way forward, in my opinion, is if you pay all these guys um, and you can keep doing that, the valuation of the team is going to significantly increase with more championship. It's already going up um, consistently year by year. There were 450 million when they bought it. There's six point like six damn near six point oh five right now, six point oh five bill. So they're gonna be able to at least have the value um with winning championships. Can they win championships without an Andrew Wiggins and with the other two? Of course. But um that's I think it also goes like a year by year thing. I think this next year is definitely gonna be the last version of uh, or this iteration of the Warriors that we see with you know Steph Clay. Wiggins, Kaminga, or not Kaminga, Draymond Poole, um, Looney. I think they keep, I think one guy leaves. Um, that's, that's what my gut says. Um, I, I sadly think it is Wiggins, but I definitely think that there is a way where they can pay all of these guys and somehow make it work because, um, financially at least the Warriors can afford it. Um, so as a fan, that's my, that's my hope and my, 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 uh, my prayer to Joe, Joe Lego is like, take the hit for the rest of Steph Curry's career to put like this squad around him because they legitimately can compete every single year that these guys go out there for the foreseeable future. I'm with you hundred percent, dude. I think like you got to do your best to keep everything together, but at the end of the day, it has to be that core three uh, because if there's no, then and they've earned and they've, uh, they've earned. That's why like when I say Draymond deserves the max, like he's earned it. Like they Steph Clay and Draymond, like they, they should not, not should not, but like they, they shouldn't be in a position where we're trying to haggle with them. I think those three have earned whatever they, they want from this organization to an extent. But just like you said, the scenario that you're in right now with so many young, just star, like talented star, like upcoming stars, you got Wiggins, you got Poole, and like you said, Kuminga, uh, Moody is going to be in there, Wiseman, who knows um, that. But you've got young guys that are going to be going into extensions. You've got old guys that are, still playing at a very, very high level, obviously just won a championship. And um, I think Draymond has a lot of, a lot of leverage in this, uh, this, this negotiation, because when you, when it comes down to it, the, the, the core three, one of them that ring, obviously Steph would leading the pack, but Draymond's defense, um, obviously Jordan Poole and Wiggins stepping up, but it was, it was on the backs of those three, and especially Steph. So if Steph wants Draymond around, um, he's going to get that. And, I don't think that this ownership, anybody can say anything against what Steph Curry wants. I think he's earned that um, respect from from the franchise, from the ownership. And um, if he wants Draymond, Draymond's staying. So, and rightfully so. I think those three deserve to kind of go off into the sunset with seven championships because of Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins and all these guys. Because Joe Lake paid him. But um, however it does shake out, um, like you said, with those three on the on the court. Um, for the next, at least for Steph's contract, these next whatever, three, four years, they, they got a chance to win a title. Yeah, I fully agree. I fully agree. And again, just Wiggins, just it just seems like the guys uh, also. Like, more, it's so tough, man. Cause dude, Wiggins, I, I'm going to be totally real with you. This is definitely recency bias, but I feel more attached to Wiggins than I ever felt to Kevin Durant as a warrior. Like, I feel oh, like, I feel, and this is a horrible thing. I know people are going to freak their shit about this, but like, I genuinely am more it's just again there's that we talked about doubt before right in one of these episodes we talked about this was a title that was really hard to win and titles are titles right but Wiggins just he battled man he worked his ass off he defied like every every uh standard that had been set for him and that game five against Boston when he he put the team on his back he had like 29 or whatever clamped Tatum was playing amazing defense. I was like, grabbing crashing every boards and the, points, the best part is Wiggins is going to get better this season too. So like he, you can't ask him to take a pick. Like you can't, and that's the weird part. You can't ask any of these guys, like they all deserve to get paid. Like, yeah. It's kind of the crazy paid. thing. And thing is, I think Wiggins is most likely, I was going to end up there that he's most likely to be valued at a team at a contract that will, he, he can get, that's not mm-hmm. the Warriors. And so there's already been interest for him. I think from Cleveland reported, um, which would be, you know, be a crazy turn of events given how his career started. But, you know, he's, he is a like perfect plug and play wing right now in the league, especially like you said, he probably is going to get better, right? He's shown to be a better shooter than he ever has been in the right scenario. Uh, he's shown as a, you know, as a established, not number one, he's a really valuable guy. And so he seems like a guy where next off season, that there's not an extension done with him soon, which funny enough reporting so far has kind of been like Wiggins is kind of the priority in some ways. So we'll see where it goes. 
but it's, he's just seems, he seems the most um, versatile to other teams. You know, Draymond is Draymond's the goat defender. Uh, so it, it, if you guys had to pick between Wiggins or Poole, um, cause I feel like it's going to be one of those two guys that end up, end up uh, not in a Warriors uniform. Who, who do you pick? Um, because obviously both, both these guys, I don't know. There's not a right answer, but there's also like, it's not, it's a weird, like the, both those guys have so much different what they can bring. And, um, so who you who would you guys pick? Wiggins or Poole? If you had to get if you had to let one stay. Uh, yeah, I I think I'd have to go with Poole because you know as incredible as Wiggins is, you can get guys who can replicate what he can do uh, a lot easier than you can get someone who replicates what Poole does. And I think there's a lot more under the surface that we haven't seen from Poole compared to Wiggins. You know, Wiggins is. He's got like fine tuning to do on his game, but he he sort of is what he is. You know, like Jordan Poole could be a legitimate number one option, and if you have that kind of guy develop right under the wing of Steph Curry, like that means so much. Like Steph has never had, he's had one true other primary guy with him, uh, Kevin Durant. We saw how tr- how well that went. Um, and as much as I love Clay, you know, I don't think any team would have been super comfortable with clays like their pure number one scorer and i think that that is a testament to how great steph is but it also just sort of shows that like when he has someone else who can truly like rival what he does in any sense uh then this team can be amazing yeah i feel pretty much the exact same way i mean wiggins again can't say enough i just i just made a maybe silly thing that i'll feel stupid about in a day or two by saying I'm more attached to him and KD, but uh, he yeah, is. No, I'm, I'm with you, dude. I'm totally with Wiggins. Yeah, I mean, he, his skill set's replaceable. You can probably get, you know, 90% of what Wiggins does, hopefully, in a year or two from a combination of Moody and Kaminga. I mean, honestly, if you can't get 90% of what Wiggins does now from those two guys in a year, a year from now, you're not feeling too good about those two guys, to be honest. So yeah. uh, you've got two wings in your bench who are, you know, really great prospects. And we saw Kuminga play the role of, you know, primary defender on All Stars this season, and it wasn't ugly, right? Um, he got he leaves a lot to be desired uh, with some discipline aspects and his awesome off ball stuff, but he can be a special individual defender, I think, in pretty good time. And I think, you know, same for Moody's. Just we don't, we can't say enough, right? The guy's brilliant, so he's going to be he'll figure it out sooner than later. Um, he just Wiggins is just again, he's he's a really good, really good wing, and the Warriors have two really high prospect wings the way right now. And I can't just to add to what you said about pool Chuck is the way this timeline goes, right. You know, Jordan pool, he's not going to start this year, probably uh, unless, you know, barring some crazy chain of events with him and clay. And he probably wouldn't start the following year, but you know, we talked about sacrifice before clay is not going to be the starter forever. And he just, he's just not, he's older. He's obviously coming off injuries. And if Jordan pool is the guy who we think he can be, he'll be in a starting spot soon enough. And like you said, you gotta if your if your whole thing is two timeline and that's in your Joe Lacob, pool pool's the best prospect they have as far as what he's shown. It's not close, right? And you said he could be a number one on a team. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that, but he can be it. He can be a top three player on a really good team in a few years. He can be a that's without a doubt. The guy's a special scorer, um, and he's he's a really smart offensive player. So you, you get a continuation of a really good guard you know, four or five years from now when Steph is 38 or 39 years old, you have a guy who we know as of right now can be a, you know, a threat to actually, you know, still make Steph a threat on his own, but it can also get a bucket. And Jordan Poole is a special offensive talent. I think we all agree. And so you keep that guy on board and you, you do what you have to to keep him now that eventually, you know, when it's his turn, when Steph and Clay are older, you give him what he, you give him that full max, right? You give him that, that big, big contract. And that's a guy, again, that's a guy who we've seen do damage to good teams and be a good offensive player uh, when it matters most. So I think it's gotta be, gotta be cool. Cause you don't get guard like that very easily anymore. Yeah. Like I'm with you guys. I think Jordan Poole is the guy you keep, but just when you watch him play and I do, you kind of just got, it's just the perfect combo of Steph and clay. Like you can put him at the one, put him at the two. He plays off ball. Well, he can, he can handle the rock. And like you said, Chuck, I think the base thing is the fact that he's going to be learning under Steph Curry um just how how to win if he and picks up another championship or two before he kind of gets the full range like you you've got a superstar on your hands so 
And as my, like you said, I, I, I totally agree with you. I think uh, I'm more attached to Wiggins than I would say I was with KD and even Harrison Barnes at this point. Like just the way HB, just that, that, that game seven, man, or that, I, I can't get over the five for 32. Or yeah, we don't need to get, we don't need to. It was tough, but no, nah, you're right. Like it's just, it, you really want to see all these guys back, but it's, I think, I think pool is just upside. It's just, you can't, you can't get, you can't lose that. So Hope it doesn't happen. We got one. We got one year though. We got one year. We got this next season coming up. We've got everybody coming back. Um, you know, for the most part, uh, we got some new guys: Jermichael Green, Dante DiVincenzo, um, guys that we are going to obviously talk about um, as we get closer to training camp and kind of break more break more stuff going into twenty two. But um, guys, any last thoughts before before we call this one? No, sir. Just send those checks. Uh, send those checks, anchor. Anchor and the checks anchor Venmos and and pay the checks Joe Lacob. <laughs> yes, sir. Matt, anything for you? The gifts. Keep gifts. Checking me out for the gifts. <laughs> Matt has some incredible office memes, Dwight Schrute memes that he posts, and they they kind of hit at the right time too. It's 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 kind of incredible. Um, just the the, mm-hmm. the knack he has for that. Uh, for me, I don't know. I'll, I'll check out Chuck's uh, Nelly Ball thing. Like I said in the beginning, um. I think the man has been grinding to a uh, near insanity level. Honestly, the ten thousand words, I'm I'm beyond impressed. It's uh, it's yep. incredible. Um, follow us on Twitter, man. Yeah, Game Sheets Clay Pod. Um, like I said, that we've been saying all off season, we're gonna still be pumping out these uh, pumping out these pods, just talking about whatever's going on. Um, but training camp's right around the corner. Um, I guess kind of. But um, football season's back. Go Niners. Uh, giant season. Is uh you know it is what it is, but uh until then, guys. Of all, it's back, baby. Oh man, we 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 we'll be there. We got we've seen them, <laughs> but this year I want to see a Niners ring. Um, uh, so that's my shout out. Shout out the Forty uh, Niners. Um, with uh, preseason starting, I think this weekend or whatever. Um, spring one home, bring it home. I got to see one in la- one of my lifetime. Uh, but other than that, guys, thank you so much for joining us and listening to this episode. But until the next one, peace. advance to their fifth consecutive Western Conference final for the second straight year they eliminate the Rockets here in Houston as they take this series in six games and they win game six without Kevin Durant just a painful way to end the season once again for Chris Paul James Harden and the Rockets